welcome your hosts for this evening. Lights, camera, what's the action? Welcome to Lights, Camera, What's the Action, the podcast about betting on film and television awards. I'm Tony Coca-Cola. Uh, over there, we say good day to the professor. Hello, professor. We're halfway there, as Bon Jovi says. Oh, yeah, we are. And hello there to film Twitter's very own uh, Max Rand. Hello, Max. Oh, don't associate <laughs> me with that at all. Bye, Tony. Hello, hello. Right, odds and ends. The Oscar nominations have been announced. There were lots of surprises in there. We'll go through those a bit later. The BAFTA nominations have also been announced, and that was an absolute shit show uh, with their new inclusion rules and the 10, 12 person juries deciding, you know, who the nominations will be. It's fast becoming an irrelevant predictor uh, for the Oscars, not like it once was. Like Best Actress, for example, and has none of the same five nominees, the BAFTAs and the Oscars. You know, what is just happening there? The baffling BAFTAs. The baffling BAFTAs indeed. Uh, the good news is that Sportsbet has put up lots of new award show markets like the Producers Guild, Directors Guild, Screen Actors Guild, Critics' Choice, the BAFTAs, if you want to go near them, Indie Spirit and the Razzies. So in future episodes, we'll be going through the odds for some of those, but we better do it quick because time is, is running out. But what have we been watching? Professor, why don't you lead us off? What have you been watching? Well, why don't we kick off um, with, with one of the snubs, actually, which is uh, House of Gucci. Mm. If I could compare this movie to a chocolate bar, it would be an aero bar because it's the bubbles of nothing that really make it something. <laughs> Very astute, Professor. Uh, I like it. But I'm not sure if there's much actually there. Um, so, the, yeah, the experience for me was... Um, an effect of sort of stargazing. Uh, some of it is a bit distracting, including you know, Salma Hayek, who pops up in a quite a, a strange role. Um, I think it, it's got a lot of potentially good ingredients there. Uh, we all know that I had skin in the game on Lido, so I was cheering him on. Uh, and and his, I think, subplot uh, could potentially be another, another film, but was potentially um, more interesting than what was, what was going on. Um, but it doesn't have the schweb of essence. And I, I thought it was a bit of an underwhelming um, directorial effort from Ridley. It was very kind of understated and it didn't have the panache or uh, flamboyance that maybe the story could lend itself to. So a C-plus experience for me. Yeah, I was disappointed by this one. This was one that I was holding out for, for it to be kind of, you know, cult film of, of the year and and it isn't. Uh it's a bizarre film in, in, in lots of ways. In, there are a couple of things that work, but for me, a lot of it didn't work. Uh, it's, it's like a three-ring circus, um, but not one that you're engaged with at all times. The central relationship is, is really flawed, I, I feel. You know, Gargo is doing, doing the best that she can with, with this character all the way through. But I, I just didn't... I, I didn't understand the relationship the, between the driver character and and Gaga. I could see Gaga's motivations; they were they were pretty apparent throughout the film. But driver, why why did he stay? Why was True. he there for for such a long period of time? And there is there is one really funny scene in it, and that's that's a, an early sex scene that takes place between the two of them that just keeps going on and on and on, and it reminded me 
of you know one of the greatest sex scenes in all of cinema, and that's the that's the the pool oh, sex yeah, scene in uh, Showgirls. <laughs> we all know and love yes. uh, the greatest without without doubt. I think um, the kind of hilarity of of you know heterosexual uh, copulation, and and this. <laughs> This is. I just. I would just love to see, a, like a real kind of behind the scenes documentary of this. Mm-hmm. It's like how what is Ridley saying to the actors at any particular stage? How is he referring? To, like, is, is he just letting them go? Is like, I oh, just do whatever you want. Like, we have got to get this finished because I'm 82 years old or something, and I might die before it for it ends. Perhaps, maybe, yeah. That's a good question. The, there is this this sense. I think about uh, six six five six years ago. I remember seeing an interview with Ridley Scott, and he said he says, "I just want to make as many films as I possibly can before I die." <laughs> and he's kind of fulfilling that, isn't he? Certainly he? Is, like, yes. Yeah. Even du- during you know the years of COVID, he's able to pump pump them out. Uh, so this is yeah. This was this was a circus that uh, kind of ran out of steam. And if 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 it's a thriller of some type, it's it's really not engaging as a thriller it doesn't have the you know when you think of you know think of think of good uh, suspense thrillers or something the plot we know it's a murder plot and it's set up at the beginning and everything it's just like it's it's just meandering around all of these things and there are all these other subplots and 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 uh uh professor you mentioned um, you mentioned the relationship with the the um uh, the se- the secondary characters uh and they're just they're there and what are they doing? Salma mm-hmm. Hayek's interesting because I read subsequent that she has married, she is married to the guy that actually owns the company that owns Gucci now. Wow. Uh, yeah, the, the kind of corporation, the big fashion corporation. So she's kind of in on the whole thing. Maybe she was ways. contractually obligated to be in the film somewhere. She was a consultant, <laughs> yeah. A special yeah. consultant, yeah. I don't know. But it, but ultimately, yeah, it was it, it fell flat for me uh, throughout and it, and, it, and it failed on most counts, unfortunately. Yeah, for me, I, I'm in agreement with you too. Yeah, for a story that has lots like a lot of crazy intrigue and and drama to it it's it's quite dull uh i found it surprisingly bland um it, and like you said max it's bad but it's not bad enough to be enjoyably campy and the mm. script is bad but and there's some terrible lines in it um but again there's there's not enough of them and they're not bad enough for it to be an enjoyably campy bad film, meanwhile, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you think SAG will respond with with all of these varied performances? Because in some ways they're like you know, there's they're six, they're, they're performing in six different films. <laughs> if you look at Jeremy Irons versus oh, Al Pacino yeah. versus you know all these guys, no, that's going to be a very interesting marker uh, how SAG will respond. Whether or not uh, I, I still think fifteen dollars for SAG Ensemble is a crazy price. It should be shorter yeah. than that. But uh, yeah, that, that'll be quite telling. Uh, Gaga was nothing special for me. I wouldn't put mm-hmm. her in the top five actress performances of this year. Um, I didn't think Leto was as offensive as I thought he was going to yeah. be. Um, I thought it was going to be really bad and it was just bad. Um, its only nomination is for makeup. It's paying $11 at Bet365. I reckon that's a great price. I'm going to throw a piece on that. Um, for the Leto makeup. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but overall, yes, disappointing for me. Mm. What else, Professor? Well, uh, let, let's talk about a, a, a box office disappointment, which is quite um, a subplot in, in itself, which is Nightmare Alley. Um, 
So similar to uh, the experience that I had with Gucci was uh, a package of some quality ingredients, a big all-star cast, the director. Uh, it's the best-looking film of, uh, for 2021 for me. Uh, the themes around the art and science of deception and the storytelling um, are done really well. The second half of the film really comes alive for me in, uh, 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 without revealing the plot, and especially with Kate Blanchett and Richard Jenkins entering the scene. Where it um, holds the movie back from being great and it just gets downrated to good is the, the rags to riches to rags um, emotional sort of trajectory of the film just didn't didn't work. And I think Cooper is at, at fault there. He just wasn't strong enough to sort of bring it home, particularly in those final scenes, to be a, a knockout. The other sort of drawback for me was um, the, the chemistry between Cooper and, and, uh, and Mara. Uh, it had the, the chemistry of a mismatched married at first sight couple. It uh, just didn't work. And they're two, um, you know, very good actors and actresses in, the, in their own right. Uh, so it was, it was a B for me, a, a good film. I really love this one. Uh, and just talking about that uh, relationship between the Rooney Mara character, it is Rooney Mara, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, Bradley Cooper. Uh, I think that was in, uh, that was, that's intentional, that, that there is, that, you know, she, he's obviously using her, you know, he's an, she's another mark in his book, in a sense. Mm. Uh, and at the beginning there's something, and, of course, that's the, that's the ruse. You know, he's, he's using his, his charms on her. Um, but, you know, he sees bigger things than her, that she's just, you know, one cog in the wheel. Uh, this, for me, is absolute true noir, and Guillermo del Toro really gets it. He really, it's clear to me, at least, that he really understands the nature of, of classic noir, that, that period of, of film from the early 1940s through the late 1950s. And it, it sits exactly within that space. I, I agree with the professor that it, it looks incredible. The production design, particularly, you know, Kate Blanchett's office in all of those, the wood panelling, that is absolutely remarkable. I'd love to have that space myself. But it accentuates, it, 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 it absolutely exudes that sense of, of bleakness, which the best noir films have. You know, films like Touch of Evil, for instance, um, and particularly that, that existential dread and it comes directly from that main character and that through line of that main character of, you know, the, the guilt and the morality uh, that are at play um, uh, in various ways throughout. And more than anything, more than anything, and I think this is the very heart, for me at least, of film noir, is the concept of fate. You know, the fickle fin finger of fate will, you know, point at you and you know, shit will go down. And this absolutely is the fatalistic nightmare. And I, I completely disagree with the professor with the final shot. For me, it, it was a draw, a jaw dropper. Um, the way that Bradley Cooper played that scene and that shot in close up and how the film ended on that, on that final line, that was pretty amazing. I, I turned to my partner and I just said, bam, there it is. This is what noir is all about. Uh, so it really resonated with me. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a fine, fine film. Well, I saw this original, uh, the original Nightmare Alley, uh, a few months back, and it didn't really work for me. Uh, and now I've seen this, and it didn't really work 
uh, for me either. Sorry, Max. Um, I like the professor. I I didn't buy the very steep ascent for Cooper's character, and then the very very steep descent afterwards. It just there were lots of holes for me, and a lot of extraneous just rubbish as well. Um, no idea what Blanchett's motivation was. Why the hell was she doing what she was doing? Just just because she's bad? I just that that makes zero sense. Control. I, it, Control. It's it's it, you know when you think of the the farm fatale, she that's exactly what she wants. She to just do. wants she, to take him down. It, as a sadist, you know, she just sees that that sense of being able to control, you know, seemingly a man in charge of everything, but of course he has no fucking idea what's going on, um, because she can play him, you know, and that that sense of I'm smarter than you and I can play you, uh, I, you know, I think that was done really well in the film. Yeah, I found it very muddy. Uh, sort of tonally and aesthetically, and perhaps both of those things were on purpose, like you say, Max. Um, but yeah, it's uh, how this got a Best Picture nomination is staggering. I think that's a really undeserved nomination. Oh no, I disagree. I think it really is. I think Macbeth should have should have got in over this. Lost Daughter should have got in over this. I think definitely. Um, I think it's got a good shot at production design. Um, I think that's worth a look. We'll check those odds in a minute. I don't think there's any wins for it anywhere else. But, uh, yeah, this didn't work for me. Sorry, Max. Well, let's uh, chat about the, the current favourite for the best documentary, uh, Summer of Soul. Uh, and uh, this sort of evaluation will be clouded by the bitter pill they had to swallow in the rescue getting overlooked controversially. Um, uh, so, the, yeah, this is a wonderful uh, smorgasbord of some of the greats. Uh, it's a musical era that's slightly before my time, so I couldn't quite connect with the gravitas of, of the event. Um, not my favourite documentary that I've seen this year, and it's quite a weak category overall, but um, yeah, it was a good experience and it's a B for me. Yeah, I think it's 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 definitely strong. Uh, it has energy that... that um propels it throughout its that it's running time maybe it's a little long i don't know but i mean i was talking to a colleague who was talking you know comparing this to to you know michael michael wadley's uh woodstock um because there's a lot of comparisons made woodstock was happening at the exact same time apparently as, as this or at least one weekend i think this was over four or six weekends um the um uh, the concert itself and uh, that he, you know, say, oh well, you know, this is Woodstock is is such a, you know, a, a far better documentary. Yeah, but Woodstock is one of the, the best music documentaries of all time. I th I think this is very strong. Um, it has that energy. Uh, it does something, of course, that that Woodstock and other music documentaries don't do, and then it cuts away from the music. Now, this could be a deal breaker for some people who really love that kind of, you know, gospel rhythm, you know blues rhythm soul you know kind of music of of the um mid to late 1960s this is 1966 period of the moon landing uh and then injects a very very strong political theme throughout and it it's it, it depends on your reaction to the film because you might just want to listen to the music and see the performers uh, and then at, at certain points the music dies down and then we have interviews sometimes with the performers uh, of today 
uh, when the film was made and other times of, of, you know, audience members or of, you know, political commentators, particularly, you know, um, Afro-American, the Afro-American experience of the, of the 1960s and what was happening there with the assassinations of people like, you know, Martin Luther King, which happened just a couple of months before uh, this, uh, this event, in fact. So it was, it was quite raw in that sense. Uh, so you may look at the documentary and you may say, oh, I, you know, I, I just want to listen to, you know, Gladys Knight and watch the pips do their amazing, oh, yeah. you know, dance routine and those fantastic rocking. suits. The fashion is one thing too. You might really just get off on the fashion. You can turn the, if you don't choose to have the music, just listen and watch the fashion. It's a pretty a, a, amazing, particularly of the, of the MC. He goes yeah. through like 17 different <laughs> that was costume changes. Yeah. <laughs> like hot pink, you know, boas and all this type of stuff. It's, he, he was, he was, a, he was a card. So it, it kept me involved all the way through. Um, but the uh, strong political theme might pull people away. I think when you see the film, it's just like I want to listen to the music, and and I, you know, I don't want to be perhaps burdened by this. But it actually helped me, you know, not being an expert in this area at all. But it it, it actually um, uh, strengthened the film by giving it this this you know uh, political resonance to saying okay so we have you know what is the intersection between kind of art politics and culture and i think it really it really uh, 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 manages to triangulate those within its running time yeah i found it enjoyable mostly uh, because of the music uh, the concert footage yes that they've found is amazing particularly as we shot on video some of it looks really gorgeous uh, they must have um, cleaned it up absolutely a treat uh, I didn't think there was that much to it ultimately though I think when you compare it to like the rescue the rescue should be winning everything mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to this I would think um, you know this is it's it's part history lesson part concert film um, it's way overcut uh, I think there's a lot of footage stuffed in there uh, when they do like their history montage bits in between it's very the songs. dense. Yeah. It's very dense. Um, which makes me think it'll win the Editing Guild Doco Award, uh, which is seven of the last 11 have matched up with the Oscar. That's not a great correlation, but it's something. Um, I think there's a fair argument to be made, and it has been made this season, that archival footage-heavy documentaries don't win the Oscar. Mm. Uh, they typically don't even get nominated, uh, even if they're like super popular and super critically acclaimed. Docos like uh, Jane, Apollo 11, Won't You Be My Neighbor in the past didn't even get nominated. Um, but this, which is definitely archival footage heavy, this did get nominated, which to me, that's a massive sign. So I, I'm 80% confident, 85 maybe, that this will win Best Documentary Feature. Max, your equally uh, strong conviction on on Summer of Soul to, to take it out for best documentary? Oh, I'm yeah, I'm ninety percent. I'm ninety wow. percent sure on that one. Yeah, very very strong. Yeah, probably the highest conviction of um, of uh, yeah in that in that category of the highest yeah. conviction. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Professor? Oh, I'm a bit bit lukewarm on it. I mean, I'm delighted to get a, a juicy price. I think four dollars fifty I got for it. But um, wow. Yeah, I'm beginning to to change my mind on, on what Flea might do there. So um, uh, maybe maybe a future parlay. Yeah, that's the, the yeah. threat for me is Flea. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be the Yak, but yeah, the the Yak oh, sitting yeah. there with 150 to one. So that's all right. All right. Well, let's let's go to Pizza Town with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest and. Uh, this is my uh, second favorite film of, of 2021. And uh, 
what a, a joyous, uh, wonderful experience it was. Um, and we are so blessed to have uh, Paul Thomas Anderson in, in our lives. Uh, there is there is much to talk about here, but um, I'll let Max and, and yourself there, Tony, to be far more eloquent than I have. Uh, some of my favorite bits uh, include just the remarkable performances that PTA pulls from uh, these novice actors. It's 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 pretty astonishing. And Alana Haim, uh, it was robbed of a nomination in a very very competitive uh, race this year. Um, I think one of the things not spoken about too much is is the makeup and the hair and the um, you know the, the the not so great teeth and the the pimply skin and it just is really refreshing and, and original and. Um, astounded that the likes of jk simmons gets in over the top of bradley cooper who just steals the show uh that's a, it's an a for me i loved it can't wait to see it again how good is alana heim honestly how good is she every every sequence that she's in she she brings something special uh and yeah th- this is this is this is such a luminous beautiful um uh, experience and i i think professor used the word experience and I, I think that's what it is you just you live in this place it's a it's a film that sticks to your skin i think uh and yeah i was alive in the 1970s but as a little kid um and uh not to have this kind of you know the experience this kind of love story a kind of romance let's call it a kind of romance a kind of romance that I think is uh, it's, it's very difficult to pull off, but you see, it reminded me of films like um, Lost in Translation and 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 also Chungking Express in in some ways. This this sense of of trying to capture trying to capture something that's evanescent, you know, that's that's just kind of in the air. And and as you said, Professor Paul Thomas Anderson is able to extract that extract this beauty out of the air and recreate these moments of of this 1970s uh, uh idol uh an idyllic time that i'm talking about uh, idol it's freewheeling it's spontaneous it reminded me of lots of robert altman films that he made in the 1970s films like the long goodbye where it's just you know just shit happens and you know and characters go along with it and it's very episodic um, and they're just like one sequence doesn't absolutely connect with the next. It doesn't have this kind of lockstep, you know, Hollywood classicism. It, it just has this this sense of of you know a kind of a really dense jigsaw puzzle that only an absolute master storyteller can can craft. Uh, this life in a rush where you've got this kind of 15-year-old kid who has character traits of a 30-year-old and it's, it's, it's funny and it, it, is, it is really, really beautiful film. I got uh, very strong Rushmore vibes as I was uh, sort of watching it. Absolutely. The first sort of 30 minutes, you know, this young, charismatic, go-getting high schooler uh, who's got his sights set on an older woman. Um, Unfortunately, it was nowhere near as good as Rushmore for me. Um, I was bored in multiple places in this film. It it didn't capture me enough from the get-go to make all the many diversions worthwhile. Uh, Alana Haim, I thought she was very good for a debut performance, but overall I thought she was okay. I thought I, I found it a very sort of schizophrenic character and performance as well, like the opening scene with them meeting sort of in line as they're going into the uh, the school photos, 
you know, they, they were trying to go, it was clearly trying to go for some sort of His Girl Friday banter, you know, between the two of them. And it just, it all sounds so delivered. Uh, Cooper Hoffman is much better. He was very, very good. There's a moment early in the film where he, he puts his, his hand to like his temple as like he's thinking or something. And it's just the identical pose to what his father would do. It's, <laughs> and it's sort of in silhouette too. And it's like, oh my God, that's Phil Hoffman. That's amazing. Um, I thought he was excellent. Uh, not quite as good as Jason Schwartzman as, as a Max Fisher type. Um, not quite as endearing and annoying at the same time. I just, I don't think the personality was strong enough there. In, in this film. But he's Bradley not as intelligent Cooper. as Max Fisher. Max Fisher is a kind no, of, yeah. you know, you know, proto-genius. Yes. Yeah, he kind of character. Yeah. This guy was just like a total bullshit a hustler. hustler. Yeah. 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 Bradley Cooper, um, <laughs> how much fun, how much fun would have that role been oh, to play? Yeah. That just, oh, imagine getting this gift of this script and this role. It's just, oh, my God. You just, all your Christmases are coming once. Yes, please, I want to play that role. That's no way he was getting an Oscar nomination, though. It's too short screen time. That's just no way. That you was never know. No, no, no. I think that was a good bet. Judy yeah, Dench. I, know, I think that's oh, a good bet. I think that's a good oh, bet. And all those resonances that he directed A Star Is Born, you know, this kind of Just stuff. a gift, a gift for Cooper. Uh, and yeah, he, he had a, just a great time with it. This film is nominated for Best Picture, Director and Original Screenplay and it will win zero. I think, you, prefer, uh, Max, you said it's very freewheeling. I mm. think it's too unfocused. Mm-hmm. That's the danger. But this, this is more like inherent vice. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, I, this would be, a, I, I think the best double, the PTA double, would be inherent vice. And, and yes, this I think you bang on, yes. And uh, inherent vice is, is kind of u- universally regarded as, as PTA's worst film. Uh, even though I've seen it twice and, and it improves on second viewing. Now, uh, Tony, hopefully this will improve on second viewing for me, for you and hopefully the same with myself and Professor. We've only seen it once in the, in the cinema. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, this is one I really want to go back to. But remember that, you know, and, and I, I did make that association to Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation. And I, I think Lost in Translation is is very much that impressionistic freewheeling sense uh, and a kind of similar type of relationship, albeit the, the ages are yeah. skewed. Uh, but remember that Sofia Coppola did win uh, the best original screenplay for Lost in Translation, which I was really surprised about because it's like, oh, well, this is not kind of a, you know, a, a classic screenplay by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so if, if Sofia Coppola can win it for Lost in Translation, I think PTA can win it for Licorice Pizza. Yeah, I really like its chances for screenplay. Not, not, not a great prize, but um, that'd be my pick at this stage. Our dear friend Sasha Stone. Sasha Down. Yeah, she made a good point recently in amongst all her sort of end of the world ramblings. Um, the Toronto People's Choice Award winner has always won a major award, like an above the line award at the Oscars, 10 of the last 11 years. Now, Belfast won this year or last year's Toronto People's Choice Award. 10 of the last 11 years. The Belfast's only shot for an above-the-line award is original screenplay. Uh, so I think, yeah, Belfast is paying two ninety at the moment at Bet Right. That's the best price. I'm going to reload. I think Pizza's getting nothing, and I think Belfast is going to win just one, and it's going to be that. One final point in uh, Licorice Pizza's court, I think, and I mentioned this to the professor uh, a couple of days ago. 
the film takes place in 1974, right? Same year as, as American Graffiti that we didn't talk about that has lots of connections. Oh, to. yes. Oh, my God. Uh, even the though, font. Yeah, exactly the same font. With it. <laughs> same color. It's God. perfect, yeah. Uh, even though American Graffiti is set in 1962. Uh the average age of the academy voter is around 65 or so right uh so many of them would have experienced their kind of teenage years and maybe a lot of them in los angeles as well at that exact same moment in time and i feel as though this is going to bring back these nostalgic memories um for a lot of these academy voters and will push it over that's that's one big part in there you know, i think in this even even just PTA being due, that's, that's a big, big driver too, right? All right. Well, listeners, take a side. Choose your side. <laughs> Belfast v. Licorice Pizza. You decide. You place the bet. Mm. So, the Oscars. We did a live episode, a live nominations episode, which was very fun uh, for us, at least. Um, and got 47,000 views. That's amazing. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That was fantastic. <laughs> now, because we start betting like as soon as the previous Oscars finishes... We typically miss a few early bets when nomination night comes. Uh, so going into nomination night, I thought I was going to miss eight. And that would have accounted for 3% of my total bet outlay at that time last week. So I was pretty happy with a 3% write-off. I think that's a win. However, the nominations came out and they had other ideas. We saw no Gaga, no Balf. No Nager, no Villeneuve, no Dinklage. That was a roughie anyway. No Rescue. So I got hit a bit harder. I missed 18 bets, which accounted for 12% of my total bet outlay. So that's a bigger dent than I anticipated. Uh, under five would have been very nice, but I'm confident I've got it well covered. Professor, how many bets did you miss? Mm, I, I, I haven't done a count here, Tony, but let me just uh, give you the list and... Um... Yeah, betting on, on, on the Oscars for, for next month um, started probably April last year. Uh, so, so yeah, there were a few wild swings there. I had Joel Cohen, uh, Paul Sorrentino, uh, Green as director for King Richard. Uh, give me a moment. I also had Dinklage in there. You run Gaga, certainly. Gaga, yes. Yeah. We won uh, on Villeneuve. Not, not for Villeneuve. I okay. uh, had um, I'm your I'm your man. International feature that was a wild wild one for eighty one dollars. Balf, surely you're on Balf. No, I had no Balf, no Balf. Oh wow, okay, I was on Balf. Oh. And uh, what was my other miss? Yeah, supporting actor. I had um, Affleck and Leto. I had Affleck, Leto, and Mark Rylance. So I was, I was just, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that was a bit of a wild one, but just for the love of the performance, really. And then Cooper, Cooper, of course, and um, and then Doco. Uh, I had Velvet Underground, and the first wave in the rescue, which we've spoken about. Yep, not too much damage. Okay, not too much damage. That's good, Max. Uh, like I've essentialized pretty much all of my betting around Jane Campion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I think that'll turn out very well. Uh, so it was, yeah, just like throwing nearly everything into the into the same mix. You know, going back. So from what I can see, there's only pretty much three that I missed. Uh, and the biggest one was, was McDormand to be nominated uh, oh, yeah. for either mm -hmm. category. And we put that on pretty much after, right after the Oscars. So yeah. that was the, our, my biggest miss. And I missed on Cohen. 
uh, being nominated Best Director, and I missed Lost Daughter being nominated Best Picture. But that that's about it. Right. So there's 23 Oscar categories, but no betting agency is covering the three shorts categories as yet. So there's 20 categories at best at the moment to choose from. Sportsbet, Bet365, Ned's Ladbrokes, Unibet all have 20. Tab, Tab Touch, Unibet have 19. BetRight has 19 as well, a different 19. PointsBet has 13. TopSport has 8. BlueBet has 7. Uh, so if you find a good price, if you find a bad price, keep looking around because there's lots of options out there. All right, best picture. Power Dog was favourite last time uh, we were here. It was 275. It's now down to 143. Best is 160 at bet right. Belfast, last episode it was three. Now it's sort of out to 354. You can get it at 433 at Sportsbet. West Side Story was equal second fave with Belfast at three. It's now out as long as nine at Tab and Ned's. Faded, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. June, June, uh, it's as short as 11 at the moment, but it is as long as 23. Wow. If you want some June action, Licorice Pizza is sort of 17, 21. Drive My Car. <laughs> Last episode, we were bemoaning, why is it fourth favourite at 8.50? That's a joke. Now it's out to like 21.31. Why did it lengthen by so much? It got nominations in picture, director, and adapted screenplay. It did better than expected. And it still, and it lengthened, it like at least doubled Mm. in price. That's weird. King Richard, yeah, sort of 29. Uh, Coda. Coda you can get at 8.75 or 41 at tab. That's very. That's a massive price. Take your pick. There. Yep. Uh, don't look up in the forties and nightmare alley in the fifties. Yes, uh, it's more and more looking like Power Dog will win Best Picture. I'm I'm not a believer, uh, and for for reasons that I'll reveal uh, later in this episode. Oh, okay yeah. then. Righty, Roo. All right, some value to be had there from the professor, perhaps. I'm I'm very happy with Power Dog um, to uh, to take this and to take uh, quite a deal. Best Director. Speaking of Campion, she's a short. At the moment, as a dollar and eight, getting into very, very yeah. Zhao territory now. The best is one fourteen at Bet three six five. All the other directors are like ten and above. It's uh, it's all Campion, and yeah, I can't see her missing any other precursors. Uh, BAFTA DGA can't see her missing either of those. So I think Campion is doing well, and Max. I think you can count your money already. Oh, don't say that. Do not say that. <laughs> Hamaguchi is coming. That's right. Well, that's what you said offline. You were you were saying that, yes. that Hamaguchi is the threat. What what kind no. of what kind of bullshit is this? Who would you place as second? Branner? Really? For director? Branner? Belfast certainly second for picture. No one. I think it's daylight second. Well, that's it. Mm. Who who would be second? Well, where is where is Branner with the odds? He's he's way down, isn't he? Well, he's still second fave. I mean, there's you know, a massive gap between first and the rest. You know, Campion's like a $1.08, and then all the rest are like 10 Seven, or more. 10 yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Um, so who's, who's second place? I would argue that, yeah, it's Hamaguchi, purely because he got the nomination in the first place. His film's nominated for picture as well as adapted screenplay, and he's been going very well critically. But, okay, if he, if he is second, he'd be there'd only be like a 5% chance of him winning, right? I would say that Branner has more than 5% chance of, of winning that because just think of the film and how, how divisive and, and, and uh, challenging the film is 
And I, I just can't see it, you know, being given to the best director being given to an art filmmaker like like Hamaguchi, as, as fine as, as a filmmaker he is. Uh, no, I think they'd go for the safe, you know, bet with Branner. Branner, Branner over Hamaguchi, no, no question in the world for me. Uh, Professor, what do, you, what do you think there? Well, I'm just going to agree with the odds makers here in um, sports, but they've got Branner, PTA and Sp- Spielberg all equal second. So that will do me. <laughs> I, I think Hamaguchi's... Uh, Fifth, rightly so, at $17 at the moment with sports best at least. Best actor, Smith. Uh, he's shortened slightly into 137, 140 is the best at Ned's. Garfield, got a range of prices here. As short as four, he's out to eight at Bet365. That's not a bad price. Uh, Cumberbatch is like four to six. Bardem, you can get him in the 40s. Washington, you can get him in the 30s. It's, uh, I, yeah, I think Smith is fast becoming a lock. I, I, I'm more and more seeing less threat coming from Cumberbatch and Garfield. Yeah, uh, I, I note that um, World of Real, um, one of our favourite websites there, um, there's speculation, a wild rumour that um, Will Smith is not a vaccinated uh, human being. So um, the, the recent changes by the Academy Awards of letting unvaccinated people to, to participate helps his chances, no? No, it doesn't because I think the Academy's come out after that announcement was made and said that presenters and performers can be unvaccinated, but not not nominees, not attendees in other sort of areas. So, yes. So, mm. Will Smith, you're going to have to get jabbed, sunshine, if you want to get that statue. And let me tell you, he's queuing up right now. Well, how will this? How will this play? Honestly, how will this play? That you know, let's let's say that that it is true that that Smith is unvaccinated or unwilling to be vaccinated and this is known in the mm. town uh you know will this this count uh, against him in, in a great way I, th- I think it has to yeah it's uh, i think yeah. it's one of the reasons one of the rumored reasons i should say speculated reasons why he hasn't been doing a lot of campaigning oh. he hasn't been out and about pressing the mm, flesh right. i mean he's shooting a film at the moment as well but surely you're taking time off from shooting the film to go and glad hand when you're the number one favorite and you're so so mm. ready you're on the precipice no nah, i'm shooting a film no nah, i don't believe it i feel feel there's cumberbatch value to be had perhaps in these late Ooh. yeah i agree it's not it's not like this one yeah okay well um, six is the best at sports bet currently if you like cumberbatch better than one dollar 66. absolutely yes <laughs> actress kidman Kidman is as short as 177. Whoa. Why? What's happened there? I know. You can get her at 225 still at Ned's. That is 177 is far too short. That's amazing. This is a total yo-yo category. Yeah, this is. I mean, yes, who knows what's going on with actress Stewart. She's out to 360 at Bet365 when she hits four after whoever wins the SAG. Oh, I'm jumping. I'm jumping back on Stewart. Coleman, Coleman, you can get for like three seventy-five or seven. Big variation there. Mm. Chastain's around seven. Cruz is twenty-one. It's anybody's category apart from Penelope Cruz. Yeah, it really is. No, you're right. Yes, and I'm I'm quite nervous about Chastain. She is um, uh, rising in, mm. in people's charts. Clayton Davis at, at Variety now has her in number one spot. I know you've been at her, championing her uh, for for a few months now, Tony. So she yeah, she, she might get it. Chastain seems to be making more and more sense, unfortunately, Professor. Sorry about that. Yeah, well, I think um, let's see what happens with Sags and then um, Zig while the market Zags. Yeah. That's it. Imagine if Gaga wins Sag, it's just <laughs> like, there's no help, <laughs> zero help whatsoever. Because yeah. I think Stuart will win Critics' Choice. I think that's pretty locked. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
so that's going to help her. But thankfully, mm. SAG is before Critics' Choice Awards. So, yeah, after SAG, hopefully Stuart's price will lengthen. And next week, SAGs, yeah? Feb 28, isn't uh, it? Yes, mm. yeah. yeah. So hopefully we can uh, we can squeeze in another episode looking at the SAG Awards before then. Supporting actor, Cody, still favourite. Uh, he was well, 177. He's now down to 136. Best is 140 at Betwright. Uh, Troy Kotzer, five. You can get him out at Unibet. Hines, nine. Is good at tab. Yeah. I Young males winning Oscars is just really, really rare. That's why I'm, I'm not quite sold. I don't think he should be $1.40. I know he's winning all the critics' awards, but yeah, young males winning Oscars is really, really rare. This year could be pretty amazing for Australian and New Zealanders. When you think oh, about it, we could mm. be getting seven, eight Oscars or something altogether. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It could be the, the most of all time. Supporting actress, Dubose, still favourite. 135 is the best at bet right. Dunst, out to six. You can get her at Unibet Tab Touch. Ellis, she's sort of paying eight to ten. You can get her at 17 at bet 365, if you like that. Dench and Buckley aren't in the conversation. Yes, I'm... Much like Cody, I'm not convinced on Debose, no matter how short she is at the moment. Just coming out of nowhere, the supporting actress has rewarded the coming out of nowhere uh, actresses in the past. Debose is running a good campaign. She's popping up everywhere. Yeah, she's really going for it. Yeah, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm just hoping too hard. Mm. But, yeah. It's difficult for us to, to um, decide on this one because none of us have seen West Side no. Story. This is the one mm. film that um, the one main film that we haven't seen. Uh, but you know, some of the commentators have have said that uh, you know she she doesn't give one of the best performances in the film, even mm. though she's you know a very short price favourite for best supporting actress. So yeah, uh, yeah I'd be very worried, and um, I'm I'm very happy that that I've committed uh, to Dunst earlier in the year. Original screenplay, Licorice Pizza for Max and Professor one seventy two is the best price at Sportsbet. Belfast for. Tony Coca Cola two ninety at Bet Right, get on. That's good. Don't look up seven fifty. King Richard twenty one. Uh, worst person in the world. If you think that's going to have an upset, it's paying thirteen at Sports Bet. Paying thirty four at Bet three six five. That's a big, big jump. Is it two horse race? This one. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, yeah. It could. It could easily go to Belfast. No, no doubt. Could easily go to Belfast. But um, I think uh, Licorice Pizza um, will just nudge it out. Adapted screenplay. Power of the Dog, very short, 122 at Sportsbet. Coda is paying eight at Bet365. Lost Daughters paying 950 at Sportsbet. Drive My Car paying 18 at Tab Touch Unibet. June paying 17. No. Drive My Car. Yeah, again, this looks to be a one horse race. Yes, I. We want, we want Jane to take out those two, I think, even if she doesn't take out um, Best Picture. But uh, it just feels it just feels like it'll be best film, best director, best adapted screenplay for me. It's a good haul for Jane. International feature, Drive My Car. It's as short as a dollar and eight. Wow. Uh, best price is one twenty-five at Bet Right. Worst person in the world, and you can get it nine. Flea, you can get it nine. Hand of God, thirty-four. Yak, you can still get it thirty-four. This uh, this looks. Yeah, very much like Drive My Car. I'm still not convinced about Drive My Car and the Academy. It's getting very short. 
I have to see a few more. Uh, I've seen Worst Person. We'll talk about that uh, some other time. Yeah, Flea, I'm yet to see in Hand of God. And the Yak. But yeah, there's value to be had here. With, with, with over, over the next three or four weeks, how much more intel can we get about Drive My Car that will, will influence the Oscars, do you think? Mm, let me check the Tony Coca-Cola spreadsheet. What's coming? What's coming? We've got Critics' Choice. Yeah, Critics' Choice absolutely win that. That's a yeah. five of the last 11 have matched up, so that's not much. Um, BAFTA. It's nominated for the BAFTA along with Hand of God and Worst Person. Mm. BAFTA win correlation with the Oscar is seven of the last 11. The thing about the Academy is that they all have to vote for this film as their number one. Are they really going to do that? Particularly that it has Best Director nomination. They might just like, oh, this has got a Best Director nomination. I don't need to watch any more of this. Mm. Uh, you know, that, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll switch it on for 20 minutes or something and they might just say, okay, all right, yeah, just give it to this one. It's really unfortunate. I mean, it's 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 horrible, in fact. But that but it's a reality of the situation. Documentary feature: Summer of Soul. One fifty-five is the best price. That's still pretty good. Tab Touch and Unibet. Flea close behind two eighty-five. That Sports Bet is the best. Then Ascension Attica, Riding with Fire. Don't worry about them. This is a definitely a two-horse race. I feel Summer of Soul. Yes, I'm eighty eighty-five percent confident. Max, you're ninety. Yeah, probably about 60, yeah. Why 60, Professor? I, I think there's an argument for Flea now. And uh, maybe for some who vote on this, the, the content, the subject matter might not be enough for them to, to vote for it ultimately. No, no. And, and Flea is a bit more innovative if, if, you, if you've seen no, it. I yet. think it's, it's, you know, it, 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 has, it has the energy and it has the politics, the right politics, uh, I, I, I honestly cannot see anything else. I think where's, what, where is Flea? Flea is what? 285. No, no, I think Flea should be like eight. Oh, wow. Jeez. No, and I think, I think Summer of Soul should be like sub 120. Whoa, okay. Animated feature, Encanto is getting very short now. 133 is the best at bet 365. Luca, why is that second favourite? That's just silly. That's best is seven at bet right. Flea, that was paying two seventy five. Now the best is eight at tab. Uh, Mitchell's Mitchell's is out to thirteen at tab touch, and Rye is not in it. Yeah, Encanto, I think looks stronger and stronger. I was pushing Mitchell's for so long. Um, the rise of Encanto's soundtrack, I think, is going to push this mm. over the edge very convincingly. But thirteen dollars for Mitchell's—that's a great price for a sec for a second option. I yeah. agree. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Thirteen. That's good hedge value because it's second in in most slots uh, from from experts and predictors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it shouldn't be thirteen. I think that's it. Should be way ahead of Luca. Certainly. Mm. Best editing. June. The favorite one fifty is the best price at Sportsbet. Power Dog three twenty five. You can get it. Bet right. Don't look up thirteen. Tick tick boom boom rigid. Blah blah blah. Um, don't forget the linkage between editing and sound. June seems a lock for sound, so it should be a lock for editing. Yeah, I think with the not only the action sequences in uh, June, but the kind of uh, straightforward classic storytelling as well. Uh, that it's it's a complex story, but it's it's very clearly told, uh, and I think that that's really going to help um, June with the, the editing nomination and Power Dog's 
while Power Dog's uh, editing is is superb, I think it it's um, yeah it, it veers into art film category, uh, territory. There's no doubt about it. And uh, talking to a lot of people who've seen the film, it's like, well, you know, I don't actually understand what's happened. Sort of the motivation for some of the characters. If you're not watching carefully enough. I think uh, you'll you'll miss uh, a number of things, and and then that will that will count against it in the editing category. So June, I think it's it's uh, it's a lock, absolute lock. I concur, Max. Yeah, one fifty is a good price if you just wanted to jump on and make some. I agree. Um, yeah. Some Where was the one fifty best off? Uh, at Sportsbet. Good old sportsman. Cinematography. Mm, June is favourite everywhere. At uh, best is one forty at tab. Power of the dog. It opened when the nominations came out at nine. It's as short at the moment as two eighty, but the best you can get it is four fifty at bet three six five. Mm, I have a feeling we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, Macbeth fifteen. West Side Story twenty one. Not Maryland twenty four. No, no, no. It's June or Power Dog, I have a feeling Power Dog may get up. Mm. Are we going to talk about that a bit later, Max? <laughs> no, we can talk about it now. I think it's a really interesting category in that uh, it's, it's a two-horse race and both cinematographers are Australian uh, and they're both from Melbourne. Uh, uh, Ari Wagner is the cinematographer of um, uh, The Power of the Dog and uh, Greg Fraser, who shot June, interestingly, also a cinematographer on another Jane Campion film, a previous Jane Campion film. So the guy, guy uh, knows Campion, obviously he shot Bright Star, which I think is Campion's we- weakest film uh, uh, to date. But, uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. The two people, both from the same town, both mm. worked very closely with Jane Campion. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we will talk about this category in terms of the, the numbers yeah, later. Mm. Production design, June fave again. 136 is the best at sports bet. Nightmare Alley, which we all like the look of, the aesthetic. 433 is the best price at bet 365. Hmm, that's kind of tasty. West Side Story, you can get at 11 at bet 365 as well. Macbeth, 17. Power Dog, 21. Power Dog, like the, the only category that's not in the top two, I reckon. This looks to be June's, or is it Nightmare Alley's? Mm. I agree. Yeah, it'd be one of those two. Yeah, there's an argument for both. I can mm. see it going both ways. I think June is far too short at, at you know, 135, 140. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it, it probably Nightmare Alley should be around $2 or so, uh, maybe 210 So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty – there's good value there with Nightmare Alley. Yeah, I agree. 433 is good. Visual effects, June, it's as, as short as $1.08. You can best is $1.15 at BetRight. Shang-Chi. My goodness, two episodes ago, I remember it was at like 21. The last step jumped into four. Someone went nuts. And now the best is 11 at Bet365. It's going all over the place. Spidey, like at nine. Free Guy, 23. No Time to Die, 34. Yes, I think visual effects. June is one of the locks of the night already for mine. Uh, sound, June. Favorite one twenty five is the best at bet right bet three six five. Remember the linkage with editing. Uh, West Side Story five fifty. Blah blah blah. Yes, I agree that sound will win. Uh, June, I agree. I think that June will win. Sound. It should win for for best loudest film of all time as well. Mm. Oh, what about Tenet? <laughs> no, for me, 
I had to think of that about that for a second. My experience of it is like no, I, I at no point in tenant I had to cover my ears, but I did at the very beginning of June. Perhaps it was the cinema that I was in, the mix that they had it, the volume, whatever. But I, I did literally have to cover my ears at the at the beginning of June. It was so loud for me. Original score, Hans Zimmer for June one fifty is the best price at Tab. Old mate Johnny Greenwood for Power Dog four fifty. You can get him at Tab Touch Unibet. Beautiful. Yeah, that's good. Encanto. That soundtrack is going nuts at the moment. It's paying fifteen at Sportsbet. That might be not a bad hedge. Uh, don't look up thirty four. Power Love others forty one. I think Power Dog at four fifty is a very good bet. Encanto at fifteen might not be a bad hedge as well. I love this. Love love, love this category. It's the the old guard versus the new with Johnny Greenwood and, and Nicholas Bretel. Um yeah, Johnny would love to see him uh, get up. Uh, it won't be sort of conviction strong enough to participate in it, but it'll be interesting how it plays out. Original song, Billie Eilish, No Time to Die. Uh, it's lengthened slightly. It was 140 last episode. It's now out to 160. You can get it, Tab and Neds. Um, Encanto song, Dos Oroguitas, or Oroguitas, however you say it. Sorry, Lin-Manuel. Last episode, that was at six. Now it's into 340. You best bet 365. Beyonce is crashing. She was four last episode. Now out to eight at bet 365. Van Morrison paying 34. Diane Warren at 41. Another nomination with no wins. $41. Maybe that's worth putting a couple of bucks on. King Richard's kind of been out of the conversation a bit over the last three it weeks, has. hasn't it? It has, yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't this the big one of the biggest upsets last year? This particular category, it was uh, Judas and the Black Messiah that won it. Yes, it was enough. Yeah. yeah, that would have been mm. like fourth favorite or something. Mm. I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, there's always something going on with the original song. Who knows? But I think I think you're right there, Tony. Yeah, and they've been pretty bullish on Billie Eilish's prospects there, and dollar sixty is a fair price. Costume design, Cruella has it in the bag at one thirty-five is the best at bet right. June 4, bet 365. Yeah, I think Cruella. This is also one of the locks of the night, I reckon. And finally, makeup and hair. Tammy Faye is fave at 144 is the best at bet 365. June 433, bet 365. Gucci paying 11 at bet 365. I think that's great value. Cruella, yes. Cruella at 9 at bet right. Coming to America, 26 at Neds. Mm, I don't think Tammy Faye is the lock. That people think, because I, yeah, I think the makeup is uh, it's good in parts and poor in yeah, others. Yeah, Garfield's is no good. Yeah, in places. Yeah, uh, June certainly looks gangbusters. Um, still in Skarsgård, but he's only in it for like ninety-five seconds. That's true. Yeah, apparently he's uh, there's more of him in uh, part two, but I think Gucci at eleven. Mm, mm. I might have something to say about that in a minute. Let's finish with finally our actions, family values, best bets, Professor. Let us have it. So, guys, I'm going to. Um... In reintroduce you and bring you back to a thesis which I rolled out um, unsuccessfully last year, which is the, the second fave thesis. And so let, let, let's start with the, the outside view and uh, a review of the last seven years. So what does Spotlight, Moonlight, Green Book and Parasite all have in common? They, they weren't favourites. And of course, they went on to, to win Best Picture. So four out of the last seven years or 57% have been won by something other than the favourite. Uh, 23 of categories last year's Oscars, 17 favourites won, six favourites did not win, so that's 26% there. 
So I'm happy to zag while the market zigs on our power dog and the power dog best picture pylon. Uh, hate to say it, the green book might be this year's, sorry, Belfast might be this year's, year's green book. Uh, it's uh, safe, bland, and, you know, maybe just through the prefer- preferential ballot system, it might, might win best picture. What it's holding it back, however, is that it doesn't have that best editing nomination. So a uh, bit of a disclaimer with that one. Best available is uh, $4, available at Bet365 or Sportsbet, just a, a light investment there. Uh, for Best Actress and just the, the Coleman factor, she's done very well previously. And just to juice up the price a little bit, let's throw in uh, The Luck of the Night, which is Jane Campion. Uh, that'll be available on tab. If you do it, that'll get you to $6.60. And then we're just going to move into some medium convictions uh, and, and really want to sort of up the price for Licorice Pizza for original screenplay. So we'll throw in uh, Campion, Drive My Car for International, June for VFX, and that parlay will get you $2.40 and at the moment only available on tab. And then uh, Cinematography Power Dog. So uh, yeah, as you mentioned there, Tony, it opened at nine dollars. Uh, still available at four dollars fifty for three six uh, at bet three six five. It should be closer to two or three dollars uh, tab. I've got it at two dollars eighty, which is probably about right. Uh, but that that still represents fantastic value. Uh, if you remember last year, Nomad Lamb was a dollar fifty favorite for best cinematography, and it went to Mank, which I think uh, was about the third favorite. Uh, and then finally, again, medium conviction. Uh, this is a, a really unusual and, and uh, continues to be an opportunity, which is for Power Dog to win Best Film at the Critics' Choice. Uh, it's still two dollars twenty at, at Sportsbet. So get on, oh, get on. That's that's a great find, Professor. Far out, two twenty is madness. Max, what do you like? Yeah, I've got three, and, and there's a bit of a crossover there with the Professor. Um, the first one is one that I think we mentioned in the last episode, or at least I might, may have mentioned the last episode because I got on it. It's, again, the Critics' Choice, and I think it's an absolute lock, which is Best Foreign Film, and it's Drive My Car. It's still $1.40, um, and that, that's that's ridiculous. It should be probably sub $1.10, I think, based on all of the awards that it's won throughout the entire world. Um, and of course, the the, the uh, critical praise that it's that it's been heft upon it. So at a dollar forty, it's just like just just load up, absolutely load up on that. Uh, another that I really like is uh, Johnny Greenwood for uh, best score that we mentioned at four dollars fifty. I think there's a really nice value there. He's got a he's got uh, I would say at least a fifty percent shot, at least a fifty percent shot. So four dollars fifty is is. Um, absolutely overpriced and uh, the one that uh, I've been thinking about quite a deal over the last uh, 10 days or so uh, more and more is best cinematography and uh, the the price is absolutely wrong and I've been loading and reloading and reloading as you guys have known because you've been laying a lot of these bets uh, at starting at nine dollars and whatever the bookies could take uh, it's uh, Ari Wegner for um, Power of the Dog over Greg Fraser for June. So it's a battle of the Australians, battle of the Melbournians, and uh, I think uh, it just seems more and more to me that Ari Wegner, uh, the, the first um, 
the best cinematography to be given to a woman for the very first time second nomination yeah, of a woman and I think it'll be yeah it'll be Jane and it'll be it'll be Ari Wegner for cinematography so I'm very uh, confident on that at four dollars fifty right I've got a few for the Oscars I agree with Max cinematography power dog 450 bet 365 yes a medium conviction on that um, it could be medium to heavy at this point uh, original score power dog like Max said yes 450 at tab touch uni bet yep small medium conviction on that. House of Gucci for makeup hairstyle, paying 11 at Bet365. It's just small conviction, but that's too tasty to ignore. Adapted screenplay. I'm making a play against Power Dog. I'm going to go for the Lost Daughter Coda Double. Small conviction on both. Lost Daughter, the best is 9.50 at Sportsbet. Coda, the best is 8 at Bet365. That's... Just as I've said before, it looks to be the place where one of those films are going to be rewarded. And both of those films are pretty popular, Lost Order and Coda. And yeah, I think that's the only place. Yeah, you might be right there, Tony. So yeah, small conviction that at those prices, it could be worth doing. Animated feature. Yeah, Mitchell's now out to 13 at Tab Touch. Yeah, small conviction here. Encanto looks like the solid favorite. Uh, but yeah, Mitchell's for a small hedge at 13, I think is good. And I'm going to finish with my very first Tony special of the season. Right. As Professor mentioned, Tab are now doing multis on the Oscars. They're also back operating in Victoria, so that's good. They've got 19 categories at the moment. So you can put down a 19-leg Oscar multi and get like 200, 300, 400, 500 to 1. So here is a good base, a 12-leg multi that I think seems pretty solid. Power Dog for picture, Campion for director, Smith for actor, controversial, Belfast for original screenplay, Encanto, Drive My Car, Summer of Soul, June for visual effects, sound and editing, Cruella for costume, and Power Dog for cinematography. So there's 12 legs there. Let me guess the price. Let me guess the price, uh, Tony. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be north of 300. It's 100. Oh, it's one, oh, 186. Yeah, 186 uh, cents uh, to one. Mm. Now you can add to that and make the odds mm. better. Um, you know, throw in a. Uh, um, I haven't put. Campion in there for adapted screenplay, which seems seems yeah. like a lock. Um, you can put that in there, and you know, get another throw the yak in there. Throw the yak. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> there. Then we'll be over a thousand. Thousands. <laughs> but I think that is a good base to start with if you're mm. interested in doing some Oscar multis, and uh, we're certainly going to do some nineteen leggers. Uh, hopefully, Tab will put up all twenty three before the season is out, and that'll be very fun. To see if we can jag. A twenty-three leg multi. My God, that's that'll be that'll be something. And will we also have some other uh, categories or markets available through some of these shorts? Was that done last year? Yeah, the shorts were certainly up last mm. year. I remember mm. did uh, doing well on the shorts. Yeah, um, I think they just they come a bit closer to the ceremony just because they need to do their homework a bit more. Yeah, because um, nobody knows very little about them. I've been getting through some of them, so we can chat about that in the future episode. Yeah, good, good. That'll be great. Right, and that's it. Whew. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Professor. Monster episode. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you, Max. Thanks, Tony.
Right, we're on the Twitter and the Facebook at LCWT Action on YouTube. Also, uh, I think we'll be back very soon because Sportsbet has all those other award show markets up. Um, we've got a lot to cover. SAG is the first up, uh, February 28th, like you said, Professor. So we might do that one first. Yeah, but that's only, what, 10 days away, uh, nine days away. So, And then there's the DGA's March 13th. And Critics' Choice BAFTA on the same day, March 14th. So that's going to be a monster episode if we get all that in one. Uh, PGA is on the 20th, Writers Guild on the 21st. It's a bit of a mad dash towards the finish line. Um, and the Razzies as well. And the Razzies as well, of course. They're always a bit of fun. Gamble responsibly, please, everybody. And remember, it's a thrill to be nominated, but it's even better to be compensated. <laughs>